Hello, and thanks for joining us again on The Hub. My name is Simon Morgan, and I'm Director of Corporate Affairs at RA. We've got something a bit different for you this time. Recently, RA held a series of networking events in all state capitals in support of International Women's Day 2023 and its theme, Embrace Equity. In this episode, we'll bring you some of the perspectives that were shared by our keynote speakers and panel members during those events. A couple of quick production notes before we start. Firstly, this is by no means an exhaustive representation of everything that was said at every event. We're simply bringing you a snapshot of some of the different views and ideas that were put forward about what industry can do to better support women and create a more welcoming workforce environment. Secondly, these recordings are taken from lunchtime events and the quality can vary. In some cases, you'll hear clinking cutlery and glassware. Just think of that as added ambiance. And finally, although we did record our event in Perth, unfortunately, the audio just isn't of high enough quality to include with this episode for the moment. We're seeing what we can do to repair that. And if there's a way we can release it in the near future, we will. The series kicked off in Melbourne, where RA President Anita De Silva set the scene by discussing why creating a more diverse workforce is crucial for the sustainability of our industry. All of us in this room know that unless you build a pipeline of talent for leadership within your organisation, there is no one available to promote at the right time. So let me have a go at why I think diversity matters. And this is not in order of priority. But for me, firstly, Australia and our sector are firmly in the throngs of a critical skills and labour shortage. Undeniable. We are also facing significant economic challenges that require us to seek innovation, lift productivity, grow skills and utilise the full available workforce in this country. If we don't do that, we will rapidly be left behind by the rest of the world and our quality of life, which is so precious to all of us, will just start deteriorating. In our own sector, workforce capacity and capability constraints are at least in our top two challenges. And the other challenges facing us, sustainability pressures, climate change impacts, technological disruption, All these challenges require us to think differently and to do things differently. If we want to continue to be a robust and resilient industry, we have to face up to that and, frankly, lean into it. My second reason for why diversity is important is that I see it as a major driver of an improved culture in our sector. Opening up pathways for a diverse workforce and showcasing that value will help us actually attract and retain the best and the brightest talent into our sector, both currently and into the future. In her keynote address, Nicole Stoddart, the recently appointed CEO of Rail Projects Victoria, outlined some of the measures needed to drive further change. So today, I'd like to focus on three key areas, celebration, reflection, and a call to action. At uni, I was told there was no place for women in engineering. The superintendent on my first job gave me white floral gumboots stuck in the middle of a creek as the token girl on site, but that's just part of the story. 
We were significantly underrepresented in industry. We felt like we had to work harder and we felt like we had to prove ourselves time and time again. But with commitment to the job, we built rewarding careers. Today, there are many opportunities around the world for women starting in the industry, the engineers, the architects, the environmental scientists, and many others. So I want us to take a moment to celebrate how far we have come. The growing number of women in industry, both on the ground and in our meeting rooms, is delivering some documented benefits. It's about balance, opportunity, and culture. It's about building a workforce that provides equal opportunities for everyone. We should reflect that we really have come a long way, but there is still so much more to do. That's why initiatives are only part of the solution. Another part is frameworks and policies that mandate changes through different mechanisms. The aim is to disrupt gender stereotypes and give women stronger career paths in the industry. And my reflection is that so much change has occurred because brave conversations are happening everywhere, in our workplaces, on our work sites, at our dining tables, through social media, and most importantly, through curious questioning by men and women ready to embrace the change. So I want to conclude my with my personal commitment as a call to action. I'm committed to continue to spotlight the many stories of women I'm fortunate enough to work alongside. At Rail Projects Victoria, we have annual, an annual International Women's Day tradition to honour the work of women in our organisation with a special project we call Women of RPV. It's an opportunity to highlight just some of the women, profile and showcase women from our organisation and our projects. Their stories look at what makes them tick, how they become the woman they are today, who their role models have been and what it's like to be a woman in construction. I'm honoured to be one of the 27 women profiled this year. Our highlighted team members have come from around the world and vastly different backgrounds, adding to the rich culture within our ranks. It's our way of sharing with the world outside RPV the many and varied career paths available to women within our organisation, both in head office and on site. This year's project will go live tomorrow and will explain better than anything I can say here how important women are to the projects RPV is delivering. I invite you to share our special project when it pops up on your social media and stories of women breaking through in your organisations. Now it's your turn. I'd like to invite you to make your own commitment to embrace equity. What are you going to do differently in your workplace, in your schools or in industry? Exactly. Everyone has a part to play. So join me in making a personal commitment today. Thanks. In Sydney, our keynote speaker, Camilla Drover, Deputy Secretary Infrastructure and Place at Transport for New South Wales, drew on an inspiring example from the past to show why it's important to take a chance on people. Now, how many of you have heard of Kathleen Butler? Anyone? Who's heard of John Bradfield? Okay. Kathleen started her career as a typist in the ironworks in the Blue Mountains uh, before she, was, uh, she joined the New South Wales Department of Works. She was then transferred to Bradfield's uh, newly created department. Uh, he was charged with building um, Sydney's first underground rail network uh, and also a harbour bridge. Um, Bradford quickly saw Kathleen's talent and when he was appointed the head engineer in 1912, she was the very first appointment he made. So he got to pick his team and he 
it was she was his first choice. So she had no training in engineering. Uh, she learned on the job, and she was quickly promoted to Bradfield's confidential secretary. It was 1912. But those in the know realised that her role was much, much more than that. Um, she was heavily involved in the tender process, um, looking at specifications, and she even was trusted to travel to the UK for the tender signing for the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Uh, in fact, without Kathleen, the bridge as we know it would have never perhaps occurred because there was a change in government and it meant that the bridge plans were to be shelved. Kathleen quickly uh, warned Bradfield, he was in New York at the time, um, that a telegram cancelling the bridge was coming his way and she insisted that he leave New York ASAP. So thanks to Kathleen, Bradfield never received the telegram and the rest is history. We have our bridge. Now, it would be remiss of me not to mention, though, in 1927, so the bridge opened in 1932, Kathleen got married. And as was the case for all female employees in the New South Wales Public Service then, she had to resign from her job. And it does make me think what she may have achieved if she'd been able to allow to stay and further contribute. But I do take great inspiration um, from her story. And for all of us in the room, uh, I challenge you to, to uh, take a chance on someone. You know, I, they took a chance on me, Kathleen Butler, they took a chance on her. Um, but take a chance on those that perhaps don't fit the historic norms, whether they're women or those from more diverse backgrounds, because you never know where they're going to go and you're never going to know where they're going to deliver. Uh, and remember Kathleen. As the series moved to Adelaide, our keynote speaker, Judith Formston, Deputy Chief Executive, Head of People and Corporate Services at SA's Department for Infrastructure and Transport, talked about how the department is aligning its activities to reflect what women in our workforce are looking for. So we've recently kicked off a Woman in DIP program in the department. It was interesting when we asked three female executives as to what was important for our female employees they come up with three different answers, which was flexibility, equity employment opportunities and career progression, attracting women, particularly graduates, into the workplace. When we actually spoke to staff, all of the above were mentioned, and in addition, a key theme was visibility of our senior women and mentoring opportunities. So our women wanted to see other women succeeding, and they wanted to learn from this. This is something we have taken on board and the department will see a lot more of us at future events, not only future events but internal events as well. The department also recognises that we need to attract young women to the department. So the corner does need to be turned on this and we have turned our minds to attracting talented young people into our department. There are challenges in the recruitment of young women into engineering. We're only 16% of engineering students are female. The change in this area can only be made in the school system. And that's something that we also are looking at targeting around career rep guys. How do we get out there and say, this is a great job, you should look at taking it on board. The department is also proud to be supporting a new initiative to encourage more women into and thrive in South Australia's civil construction industry. With the North South Corridor Program, there'll be a high demand for staff in the construction sector. We've actually signed on recently to partner with Civil Contractors Federation of SA in running the Women in Civil Mentoring Program, which will give 10 young women starting their careers in the construction industry. And in response to an audience question, Judith reflected on the important distinction between equity versus equality. 
So I was Googling on the way down and I one of the examples that I gave of equality versus equity. And I think equality said equality is that you give everyone the same ladder. Like you're in a you're in a mango farm. Everyone gets the same that everyone gets the same ladder to pick a mango. But equity is actually going, you know, you're shorter than that person. You actually need a bigger ladder and actually um, putting it. But an equity was about giving a bigger ladder to the small person. So it's a really good question. I really, I don't know the answer to the equity versus equality. There is a big discussion on that, and I do think we need to help level up the playing field. And I think, but I think also helping level up the playing field is around education. Um, targets is also an interesting one. Do targets actually help or detract? from um, getting to the goal. I think targets are good because they do keep it at front of mind. So at front of mind, we need to get somewhere and this is going to help us help us do it, but it shouldn't drive the outcome. The target should drive the outcome, it should help assist the outcome. In Hobart, following an address by Her Excellency, the Honourable Barbara Baker, Governor of Tasmania, we featured a panel discussion with some leading champions of change in the local industry. Harriet Christopherson, General Manager of Pre-Contracts Australia at McConnell Dow, highlighted the interplay between the industry's image and its ability to attract more women to its workforce. One of the things that we are now looking at is, you know, what are the things that would appeal to women um, to come and join the construction industry? And again, it's not just as engineers, it's as is anything that you can possibly be in the construction industry. And a lot of it is, you know, what are the things that we do for society? You know, we don't just build a bridge, we build a connection. You know, we, we provide opportunities to uh, disadvantaged people. You know, a lot of our projects employ people who would not normally have been able to mm-hmm. find roles or jobs and we provide training to those people. So being able to sell that to the wider community and being really clear on all of the other benefits of the construction industry is really, really important um, because that uh, encourages a whole new cohort of people to come and come and join us because they see more than just the fat water cut driver eating a pie because, um, <laughs> you know, historically that's what people see as the construction industry. And I saw one the other day and it was really confronting. Um, so, you know, I think it's really important to put it out there. The construction industry is a really diverse range of people. It's a really diverse range of roles. Um, and so selling that more and more helps to reach into to different people and encourage more people to, to give it a go. So that's that's our focus at the moment. Yvonne Rundle, a director at Metro Tasmania, reflected on her own career, noting the value of having people in the industry willing to encourage emerging leaders. Probably in about 2000, I was actually approached to take on my first director, non-executive director role, and that was with Porter Devonport Corporation. And that came out from really, I guess, government policy back at that point in time where they were actively trying to promote 50% of government boards being females. And at that point in time, PDC had never had a female on their board. Um, And I shouldn't speak ill of the dead, but the chairman at the time (laughs) did say um, there's no way that he was going to have a female on his board. Or or if he was going to, he would appoint them. He was not going to be told who he was going to have on his board. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I had some friends that worked for that particular organisation and through that... um, ended up meeting the chairman and ended up being appointed to the board. So that was my first appointment. Throughout the time, I've been very fortunate. My um, first boss was very much an advocate for me Mm -hmm. and pushed me forward and um, suggested I did things like 
go to Rostrum so I could do public speaking and um, all those sorts of things that, you know, as a 19, 20-year-old, you thought, hmm, do I really want to? Um, so I was lucky. And then even through my time at the university, you know, the people that was on the university council with me really supported me. And I've been on a number of boards with different ones of them since sort of thing. So I feel very fortunate to have had a lot of good um, people who have sort of supported me throughout the years in relation to my directorship roles. Denise McIntyre, General Manager of State Roads at the Department of State Growth, talked about her department's particular focus on diversity in technical roles within its own workforce. We're generally an administrative agency, so we do have uh, areas where we want to encourage more um, female participation in our technical space. So in our asset space, for example, uh, we really... Um, struggle to recruit um, females into that space, and I would really like to see us boost that. So we're we're looking at working with um, you know sort of the the matric colleges and trying to encourage people into that tra- um, into a training level uh, positions. So you know we we look at um, um, looking at um, how we write our um, our position descriptions, our um, yep. statement of duties, to see if we can sort of feminise them in any way, sort of a, a bit like. Um, uh, Harriet was talking about in terms of the construction, sort of looking at, you know, how do you attract um, uh, different the different gender. Our event in Brisbane featured a keynote presentation by Anne Moffat, Chief Operations Officer and Gender Equity Champion at the Department of Transport and Main Roads, who talked about the attributes needed to drive change. What is it that I think are the, the opportunities to overcome barriers? Well, the right aptitude, attitude and acceptance. Thank you to a former CEO who lent me those words. Attitude, pretty obvious. Aptitude, again, pretty obvious. Acceptance, not so clear. That was around understanding the culture in which you operate and being able to get the acceptance of those people that you work with. So that's a lot of that emotional intelligence about timing, about the conversations, the languages and connections. Second one is find allies, executive leaders, colleagues, people across the, across the spectrum who will help champion what you are looking to try and achieve. The other thing I think is important is to empower women. I have heard the quote, I'm going to misquote it terribly, about the worst women are the women who, you know, don't throw the ladder down for others. But certainly there is a place in hell for women who will not help other women. But I would say there's a place in hell for all of those people who will not help somebody into an opportunity for which they deserve And never stop learning. Knowledge is power and it's opportunity. Following Anne's presentation, our panel highlighted some of the measures their own organisations are implementing to enhance career experiences for women. Emma McCoy, Bid Manager for Queensland and P&G Business Unit at CPB Contractors, outlined how her organisation keeps women connected, especially when working on remote sites. So what we what we did was we formed a um, what we call Quick, which is our Queensland Women in Construction, uh, and we have yearly events um, over every month, and we focus on business breakfast series, um, webinars to showcase and profile our women, um, and then also uh, learning lunches and networking events to so that we can bring our women together, um, and everyone knows the different um, roles and stuff that we play within the organisation. We also uh, just launched our CPB Women's Advisory Board, so we have a selection of women 
um, across all of Australia and we report directly into our ELT for CPB down in Sydney. So as part of that process, um, we have Jason Spears, our managing director, as our sponsor. So it gives our women, our women in our organisation a voice straight to the top of our company. Holly Hines, General Manager of Roads at Lang O'Rourke and also a member of RA's Future Leaders Committee, discussed the power of her organisation's mentoring and sponsorship programs. So we have, um, at the baseline to this, we have set some really ambitious targets that by 2030 we will be um, have it be a gender parity business. But most importantly, we have some really fabulous uh, internal uh, mentor mentoring programs, but also men, uh, sponsorship programs. And these are two very distinctly different things. We've got all the baseline things that we do with our people function around knowing your people, understanding who's ready for a step change and a stretch and having those uh, conversations with your people. But from a sponsorship point of view, we have actually engaged an external party. We um, canvass the company and each year we find 10 women from different levels within the organisation and pair them up with a very senior leader in the business that's one below the MD. And they are ch- those senior leaders are charged with sponsoring um, the person that their, their sponsee into their next stretch role. And it gives you permission to absolutely remove any of those barriers to challenge the people that are around that person to think differently. Um, and I've really watched a lot of people go on an education journey around what can be done when those barriers are taken away and full permission is given to you to accelerate somebody's career. And Rebecca Pickering, the Interim Chief Executive at ARTC Inland Rail, talked about how the scale of that project would help to build a talent pipeline for the nation. So, so I had it be uh, the Inland Rail uh, project and we have 46% female participation on the project, which we're extraordinarily proud of. We're really trying to work with our contractors to to grow that. And it takes time, but again, the, the more effort that we put in now and the more role models uh, that we can get coming through that industry. Uh, Inland Rail is a massive project. It will go for you know a decade yet. So we have the opportunity cr- to create a pi- pipeline uh, where women can join uh, early in their career and have incredible progression. Uh, and that's, again, something I'm Really proud of it in a rail that we've had some you know phenomenal success in promoting young women uh, up to the engineering ranks uh, and and also the non technical ranks as well and giving them great opportunities. And that's where we'll end this edition of the Hub. But of course, it's far from the end of the conversation about diversity and inclusion in our workforce. And RA will share some more of what took place at this series of IWD events across the country over the coming weeks. Just before we go, I'd like to highlight two upcoming opportunities our listeners can take to be part of that ongoing dialogue. On the 30th of March in Melbourne, we have the RA Emerging Leaders Forum, followed that evening by our Emerging Leaders Gala Dinner. That's a terrific way for the next generation of industry leaders to shape outcomes that will be used by the RA board to ensure the next generation's perspectives play a key part in our policy strategy. And of course, in Sydney on the 27th of April, we have the 2023 Transport Summit, where a big focus will be around how improving workforce diversity will help us address challenges around capacity, sustainability, and enhanced connectivity for communities. Tickets to these events are available on our website, That's www.roads.org.au. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again soon.